The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. That's 317-893-2853. Or you can always check us out online at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Initial exam and consultation, just $25. Today we are talking about toxic health products. Health and I should say toxic health and beauty products. It is wild if you were to actually look at the amount of chemicals you come into contact with as a woman or a man getting ready in the morning. So our goal is to say, because so oftentimes we talk about, all right, what are we going to do for health? And there's a lot of different things we do at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. You know, one of the things we look at is nutrition. That's often, right? People talk about nutrition often. It's easy, right? It's like a go-to. How do I get healthier? You got to eat right. It's an obvious. Do you have to eat right to be healthier? Yes. Though that being said, there's so many times that I see an individual who has made proper nutrition changes, but they're not seeing what they believe to be the deserved health results. Because really, we're only looking at like one essential when it comes to health. I truly believe that there are kind of five pillars, five essentials when it comes to health. Number one is max mind. <laughs> stress is if the last several years has taught us anything. It's that stress um, is a tangible thing. Hard to measure, but is tangible. Uh, nervous system. That's your brain, stem, and spinal cord. Your central nervous system is what controls every single cell, organ, and tissue. Um when we talk about, obviously, nutrition, we talked about that, but like detoxification, it's easy. How do we detox? I need a good liver detox. I need a good kidney detox. I need a good this detox. Um, but then toxicity. And I feel as if oftentimes toxicity is the one that's mentioned the least. It's easy to sell someone on how to detox, right? If you want to be healthy, you have to detox yourselves. Well, that makes sense. Right? You're detoxing. A toxic load. Oh, oxygen lean muscle. That was the other one, too, that I forgot. Five essentials. Um, but it's easy. This is how you detox. Take these pills. But no one wants to be like, why are your cells so toxic? How do we make that change? And so today, what we're going to talk about is more so some of the health and beauty products that you may be using that are extremely, extremely toxic. But before that, we have some news. 
Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar Protesters a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. For today's Health in the News, we are looking at an article, Alzheimer's Disease and Sleep, Could 7 to 8 Hours Lower the Risk? Alzheimer's Disease and Sleep, Could 7 to 8 Hours Lower the Risk? Now, sleep is a key, I agree with this, (laughs) sleep is key in the healthy aging process with disruptions linked to outcomes like greater risk of depression, cognitive decline, and Alzheimer's disease. But how much sleep is ideal as adults progress into late life? So a recent study published from the Journal of American Medical Association, so JAMA Neurology, stemming from PET scans among 4,417, to about 4,500 older adults with normal cognition, indicated short sleep of six hours or less was linked to a high burden of amyloid beta protein. These proteins are toxic buildup of amyloid is believed to serve as a precursor for Alzheimer's disease. The study authors from Stanford University also found that both short and longer sleep, longer sleep being more nine hours or more, were tied to higher body mass index, worse self-reported cognitive function, and depressive symptoms. The study, the findings in this study provide further support to the theory that short sleep and aging is associated with early Alzheimer's disease processes. We found no difference in association with uh, amyloid beta burden between long and normal sleep durations. So really what this goes to say is that, so they took a group of people, right? About 4,500 of them. And they tracked their sleep cycles. And they, they was, these were older adults with normal cognition. I think when I looked at the research study, it was 65 years and older. Correct. 65 to 85 are the ones that went through this PET scan. And what they did is they said, hey, you've got normal cognition. There's actually, <laughs> there's actually uh, mental acuity tests that you can take. And they said, we're going to have three groups. And one group is going to be six hours or less. One group is going to be seven to eight, which we'll consider normal sleep. And the the other one, long sleep, will be considered nine and above. Again, what they found is that the ones who had six hours or less actually found that there was a higher burden of this protein buildup. While short sleep was previously linked in a larger burden of amyloid buildup in the brain, researchers at hand said that the modest sample size prevented a thorough study. So obviously, like all studies, they say, you know, further is noted. But what's interesting is, oh gosh, it was probably close to five or six years ago, not at this point. And this is a, a totally different research study. But what they found was that the brain when it got normal, so seven to eight hours of sleep, the brain actually physically shrinks and allows for cerebral spinal fluid to flow more to actually help clean out these proteins. They called it like your brain dumpster, that your dumpster is like, oh, that's just garbage. We don't need any of this. And so they actually saw with sleep of that nature, that duration, seven to eight hours, that there was an actual decrease in the beta amyloid proteins. 
which this study does not show. It doesn't go into that. But I thought it was so interesting. Another study that piggybacks on, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, I don't need sleep. We just fuel on caffeine. And so if you're going to bed at 11 o'clock and you're getting up at five, literally what you're doing is one, you're depriving your body from sleep, which it needs to regenerate. But then too, what you're not realizing is it it does actually have an effect on the brain. There is a reason why. <laughs> there is a reason why there's a tactic of sleep deprivation for um, terrorists, right? You know, and you're like, gosh, sleep deprivation, because it literally makes you want to lose your mind. And so when we come to this aspect, then it's like, okay, so then what do we do? And it is very, very easy. And I can say, I will... I'll say this, that I'm a little bit guilty about this too, but, um, you know, if you say, well, I go to bed, I go to bed at 9.30 or 10, but you're on your phone until 10.30 or 11, you're not actually sleeping. This is true sleep hours that this is talking about. So again, you're like, oh yeah, I set my alarm and, you know, I need to be up at seven, but I set my alarm to sit and then you just sit snooze for a full time. <laughs> it also doesn't count. It's that I can encourage you. Well, a couple of things I encourage you is that, one, you have to get adequate sleep. And so sometimes that takes some planning. Sometimes that literally is one where you say, I need to make sure that when I go to bed, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start the bedtime process at 9. I'm going to be in bed off my phone at 9.30. And it might seem really, really early, especially if you're someone who goes to bed typically at 10.30 or 11. But you think the long term of this is literally it's decreasing the amount of amyloid protein that's one of the contributing factors to Alzheimer's. So they also believe that sleep uh, helps clear the protein through a network of vessels through your central nervous system. Is it important to make sure your central nervous system is functioning? Yes, that's why chiropractic is so vital. But again, the association between sleep duration and health outcomes is that there was a greater beta amyloid burden, greater depressive symptoms, higher BMI, um, and higher cognitive decline. So it's just highlighting the importance of maintaining adequate sleep. And this is for later at life, 65 to 85. But most of those people are retired. So they don't have to get up for anything either. So you know what is really important too is making sure, you know, when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, when we're maybe not retired, that you still put just as much importance on sleep and the duration and quality of sleep as you would if you were 65 to 85. So Taking care of yourself helps take care of your brain. So when we come back, we're going to touch base on some toxic health and beauty products you might be using next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Hello, blast from the past. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always check us out online at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Initial exam and consultation is just $25. Today we're talking about toxic. Toxic health, beauty products, 
You know, what I find most about this is that it is surprising. Listen, if I was to say, hi, what's healthier, donuts or broccoli? You're going to say, broccoli. Broccoli's healthier. You say, well, why do you eat the donuts if you're not good? And you're like, yeah, I know. If you're like, okay, quit smoking, quit vaping. You know it's bad for your health. People say, I know. But what I will tell you is that for the most part, people are more unaware of the toxic load that comes with our health and beauty products. So today, I'm going to touch base on toothpaste. Uh, right? Can your Is your toothpaste toxic? We're going to talk about that today. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about mattresses, deodorants, just a handful of different products that might you might be using. And so my goal, right? Let's talk about this. My goal today is not for, for you to feel like you can never own any beauty products ever again. <laughs> But what I will tell you, it's just like when people, <laughs> and I keep laughing, I keep laughing under my breath, because I'll never forget, um, you know, whenever we have an event in the office, and I see these patients afterwards, I say, you know, what's well, one thing you learned or one, your one biggest takeaway? One thing you learned, one biggest takeaway. And I love to hear the feedback, right? What really resonated with people? What did I think was going to resonate with people that just, you know, Stuck like Teflon, <laughs> toxic. Uh, but like, you know, and so uh, I remember one day we had gone through and someone said, there is nothing that I can eat. I can eat nothing and I've done everything wrong. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, uh, it's, a, it's okay. Well, that was, let's just talk about ways we can move forward. <laughs> you know, like, so my goal on this is not to have you be like, everything that I'm doing is wrong. The more that we learn though the more you're educated it allows you for the opportunities to make better decision when it comes to these health products and I'll be very candid that I would have to say that my beauty and cleaning products were the last and the hardest for me to change they were the last because they were the hardest and so when it comes to you know for me I remember being back in college and in grad school but probably grad school I don't think I really cleaned a lot in college that's besides the point in grad school I remember you know it was the first time you had your own apartment by yourself you weren't living with a handful of other people and I remember just feeling so good about just bleaching everything countertops floors and I remember going out to dinner that evening and my hands would still smell like bleach and to date that terrifies me that terrifies me, but mentally I was like, but now I know it's clean. I smell it's clean. I feel it's clean. You know, so to transition over to different products, you know, and not all natural products are created the same. There might be, there are some natural products um, that I just don't really care for. And there are some natural products that I feel like are better natural products, right? And some of them that you don't care for, you just do anyways, because that's your only option. And some of them you get used to. And some of them you just say, you know what, this brand of more natural products just isn't for me. And then you kind of transition on, right? So know that there's there's a process. There is definitely a process. But here's what I ask from a beauty or health standpoint, right? I say beauty because um, 
You know, when I ask a man, what are your beauty products? He's going to be like, I don't have any. But shampoo, conditioner, deodorant, cologne, face, beard stuff, shaving things, all of that. Now, the average person though, person, so not man, not woman, the average person, this is a combination, uses 10 to 15 body products with 126 different ingredients a day. So if you've never heard of EWG, it's Environmental Working Group. It is a Washington, D.C.-based advocacy organization. The average American uses approximately 10 to 15 products with 126 different ingredients daily. This doesn't even take into account reapplications of products. So like if you have stinky armpits, you have to add that multiple times a day. That does not include that. So we brush our teeth multiple times a day. Some people too. Some people three. I should learn today that some people brush their teeth three times a day. I don't know if I'm an underachiever, if those people are overachievers, but regardless, here we are. Uh, we wash our hands six to 12 times a day, the average person. You have to think through summertime, we reapply sunscreen every couple hours. Um, some people shower more than twice a day. I don't know, once a day, twice a day. Maybe some people shower three times a day. It's weird people. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> But here's what you really have to realize is that what you put on your skin goes in your skin. What you put in your body likely stays in your body. Like for example, I have liposomal glutathione in the office. And so we actually have uh, individuals hold it in their mouth against their cheek for better absorption, right? And so when you're putting toxic products like toxic toothpaste in your mouth, even though you don't swallow, are you absorbing it? And the answer behind that is yes. An average of seven new industrial chemicals get approved by the U.S. government daily, and 80% are approved in three weeks, and less or little have safety done at all, right? Here's where the problems lie. And this, this actually was a problem for a long time with sunscreens, is that no one regulated them right? So the FDA does not investigate or test for the safety of personal care products before consumers buy them. Instead, there's something called CIR, which is Cosmetic Ingredient Review. So it's basically an industry-appointed and funded panel that reviews the safety of cosmetic ingredients. So according to EWG, the Environmental Working Group, there are approximately 10,500 ingredients used in cosmetic in our country. Um, and the CIR, the Cosmetic Ingredient Review, if you were to take a guess of, of that 10,500 ingredients used in cosmetics in our country alone, how many of them were actually screened by the CIR? <laughs> And if your guess was 11, you would be correct. So what that means is that nearly 90% of cosmetic ingredients are left unreviewed and untested for safety. Is this really toxic? The answer is yes. And to reiterate what you put on your body goes in your body. If you remember um, back in the day, I don't know that they have them anymore, but the patches, the birth control patches, remember you just like slap it on your thigh and every 30 days you'd change it. Why? Because it was a hormone patch. 
Or what about um, smoking cessation? Right? You want to quit smoking? No big deal. Here's a patch. And there's different levels of patches, depending on if you smoked two packs a day, a pack a day, half a pack a day, the level of nicotine that was in that patch. Uh, there's different levels of nicotine in each one of those patches because it goes directly in your bloodstream. So the design was to slowly wean you off of of nicotine, but not with smoking, but with the patch, right? Anything they did a study probably a couple years ago, and I don't have the reference to the specific study, but they they looked at sunscreen. And with that sunscreen, they did a urinalysis of individuals before they put on sunscreen. They did a full application of sunscreen and they did a urinalysis following application. And what they found was that chemicals that were present in the sunscreen that were not present in the urine before application were there present following the application. So what does that mean? That means that what you put on your body goes in your body. The problem with this is that a lot of these chemicals are endocrine disruptors. So especially when we talk about you know, women with hormonal imbalance, or, um, you know, men with too much estrogen, right, too much estrogen can cause a decrease in muscle mass, an increase in fat deposits, Um, it can cause early onset of puberty in boys and girls, reproductive difficulty in men and women, you know, infant and young children, we lather them up with lotion and soaps. But there's an even greater risk from these harmful because they're they're little tiny humans right? So using a lotion to moisturize a baby after a bath um, means that because of their size, five to 10 times as much of that product and its chemicals are absorbed into the bloodstream, right? So because of this, this little baby's endocrine system is then working nonstop, hormone disruptors, mimicking estrogen, sending mixed signals to the baby's body. This is where boys can develop breast. Girls may have their first menstrual period before even hitting the age of 10. Both genders, men and women, boys and girls, um, can have problems with overweight, obesity, which can all be external manifestations of hormone disruptors that are present, right? So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. So let's dive in to some of your health and beauty products that might be toxic. Perfumes. This is a super simple one. And I feel as if the more you remove this, the more likely it is for you to notice. Let me give you an example. Dolce & Gabbana Light Blue was my jam. It was my jam. Dolce & Gabbana Light Blue as well as, um, you name it, Bath & Body Works. Like I had the array. Oh, and um, Victoria's Secret. Like that body spray. Ooh, you give me that love spell. I got it, right? And you douse it down in there. Perfumes are incredibly toxic. Now, and here's why. <laughs> uh, if you, one, imagine drinking that. It right, you would probably die, um, but instead we just spray it on our skin, which makes people around you feel like from the smell they will probably die. <laughs> and when I quit, when I cut that out, now I am so sensitive. I am so sensitive to perfume smells. That doesn't mean that I don't wear. You know, there's a local place around here that has um, essential oils, 
and they're really, really um, more mild, right? It doesn't cut the nose. It doesn't have that bite. Yeah, there's some essential oils that you're still like, ooh, this is like really soft. Those are the words I'm looking for. Non-offensive. <laughs> so I'm struggling to find words today. Um, but here's what's crazy about it is that perfumes are proprietary. And so when you have proprietary ingredients, when you look at the ingredients, it's going to say this, fragrance. And somehow some way throughout the years they've taken this proprietary scent mix of chemicals it is all chemicals i can guarantee you you would need a sheet you know five feet long of just the chemicals that are in here toxic chemicals like benzaldehyde camphor acetyl acetate benzyl acetate acetone methylene chloride um, all of which, when inhaled, can cause dizziness, nausea, drowsiness, um, irritation of the skin, eyes, and throat, lungs, kidney damage. Why? Because it's a chemical. It's literally a bunch of chemicals you're consistently spraying on your body and headaches. Consistently, potentially hazard that come with these fragrances. And so fra- obviously perfumes is an obvious fragrance. Though that being said, you know, more mainstream now. Um, I saw more recently, it was a like a plug-in of some sort, like a room air freshener. And they said, it's lavender. It's lavender scented. And I'm like, so wait, is it lavender or is it lavender scented? Like, oh, you're using chemicals made up to make it smell like lavender because lavender is natural. So if you have a synthetically scented lavender, you feel better because you think you're doing something better because it's lavender. And lavender essential oils have good health benefits. And you're like, no, look on it. It still says fragrance. And that fragrance is to make it smell more potent like lavender. It's not actual lavender, right? So most of the time you have to be really, really careful. And again, the way that you're going to look at this is by reading the ingredients. So obviously air freshener is one of the most toxic. We've talked about that before here. But then perfumes. Perfumes are, well, and think about what else is in perfumes? Well, what do you put underneath your armpit? Does that have a smell? But there's more things that are concerning about the toxic load of deodorant, and we'll talk about that next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. My power's turned on. Glad to be back with you. Today, we are talking about toxic health products, health and beauty products. They are ones that I feel like are lurking in the background that you don't know are so toxic. And we have a lot 
of toxic products, a lot of a little bit of toxic products, it's where it really starts to build up. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853. Website's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, long but super simple. Or check out our Facebook page. Lots of great information to keep up to date on events that are happening in the office, how to stay engaged. Today we are talking about toxic health products. Now, <laughs> deodorant. Deodorant and antiperspirants, right? So they're not synonymous. We'll use them interchangeably, but they are actually different. Um, deodorants are meant to deodorize, deodorant, right? It's a deodorizer. Antiperspirant is designed for you to not perspire. Antiperspirant, right? When you break it down, I feel like sometimes we just say it so much. It's like an antiperspirant, a deodorant. Like it's a deodorizer of your armpits. It's in a way to make it so that your armpits stop. Now, that being said, it is more common for the traditional, for men's deodorant to be deodorant, where women's are more antiperspirant, right? Like we care more about sweating than guys do. I don't really know why. Which interesting fact. I was I was am whatever sweaty. <laughs> and so I was one of those females who was incredibly self-conscious about armpits. I remember and winter was the worst. Winter was actually worse because I had sleeves where I with t-shirts or tank tops I never had to worry as much through school about sweating. But I remember in winter, it was the worst time because I would, I would get hot. Not like hot. I was just sweaty. I was a sweaty human. And I would take um, paper towels and I would shove them in my armpits. So it's something like really, really important to do. And then I was always terrified that someone thought that I would stuff my bra, but it wasn't my bra. It was actually my armpits. But when push comes to shove, if it ever happened, I probably would have owned that it was coming out of my bra before my armpits because I was that embarrassed about my armpit sweat, right? So... Um, I, and I did all the things. There was, you know, like this clinical, super dry. And then on top of that, I had like a weekly thing that I was putting there. Just, just, and I was like, there's no way if I change this that like, what is this even going to look like? What was so interesting is when I learned. So one of the big uh, pitfalls, one of the downfalls that happens with deodorants is that it's full of chemicals deodorants I should say deodorants and antiperspirants here let me break this down quick side note certain ingredients toxic ingredients to avoid basically if you can't read them you couldn't shouldn't put it on your body but here they are parabens phthalates which actually is ph th so it looks like phthalates but they're not it's phthalates sodium lauryl sulfate also known as sls pegs um, polyethylene glycols like propylene glycol dea formaldehyde releasing preservatives triclosan which isn't as present as much anymore uh, because they had to take it out because they said hey the benefit of this triclosan is in antibacterial doesn't actually outweigh the massive chemical um, 
an endocrine system disrupting load that it gives. Uh, BHT, which we'll talk a little bit more about, that is butylated hydroxytoline, uh, coal tar dyes, petroleum and fragrance. So we already talked about fragrance, but back to the deodorants. So I looked at for men and for women. So for women, one of the greatest things you really want to look at is aluminum free right? Aluminum is actually designed to help clog the pores. It's aluminum salts. Uh, It's aluminum salts designed to help clog the pores so that you sweat less. But what's interesting is when you clog your body's ability to get rid of something, then your body says, I just have to work harder to get rid of it. So when I transitioned to more natural deodorants, um, I actually sweat less. It really, truly blew my mind quite a bit because I was like, there's just no way that I can clog my pores less and sweat less. But my body was like, oh, you're not shoving a bunch of toxic material and where I try to detox from. Thank you. I don't have to work as hard. So but here's the problem with antiperspirants and the aluminum based antiperspirants is that which is more common in women, that it may increase your risk for breast cancer. So you have to think this, um, you have lymph nodes that are in there in your armpit, tons of lymph nodes. Um, When you look at breast cancers, majority of breast cancers are uh, found in the upper outer quadrant. Upper outer being if you were to look at a woman from the front. Upper and outer would be if you were to divide that breast tissue into four quadrants. The ones that are basically inside of your armpit, those would be bilaterally the upper and outer quadrants are where they are the most common developed. I believe it's about 78% is what I saw the most recent in terms of breast cancer is where they stem from. So they've done research that literally shows that this can cause breast cancer. So it's interesting. um, So the aluminum is absorbed by the skin Uh, particularly if you ever nick your skin shaving. It's another problem. So it's absorbed through the skin and then through cuts. And studies have shown that these chemicals can then interact with the DNA and lead to cancerous changes. It can interfere with the uh, action of female hormone estrogen and has been known to influence the growth of breast cells. (laughs) And what I think is interesting is that through these scientific research studies, I was actually looking at WebMD, and they said, there's been research. But they say, but there's experts that claim it doesn't hold up. Even though, even though that they've actually gone through and found these chemicals in the breast tissue. Even though these studies detected chemicals from the antiperspirant in the breast tissue. They said, oh, that doesn't really prove that it causes cancer, though what so here's what I can tell you I'm sweaty and I smell (laughs) I'm stinky oh this is true radio admission um I smell less and I sweat less transitioning to more natural so there are natural lines that you can look at you can create your own for the longest time I had a jar of coconut oil and baking soda in my bathroom that I would just dip my finger in the coconut oil dip it in the baking soda make a little paste slap it on my armpits and about four or five years more specifically after I had babies big hormonal shift my body was like I hate 
baking soda. So I had huge irritation. So now most of the more natural ones that I'll do will have to be baking soda free. But there is a good handful that you can look at that are aluminum free. And surprisingly enough, you won't smell. And that being said, I will share this with you. There are sometimes I still do smell. I do. I smell like a stinky, dirty armpit. But I will tell you, I will take smelling like a stinky, dirty armpit way over the chance of maybe possibly increasing my risk of breast cancer any single day, right? Smelling for a little bit versus possibly increasing my risk of breast cancer, I'm going to take an armpit smell. And it's not like atrocious. It's fine. I wash my armpits. Though that being said, I dug into deodorants. Axe was the one that I looked at. I thought it was a common one. There's lots of marketing that happened with Axe deodorant. So I said, hey, tell me your ingredients. You know, and aluminum is not one of them. But dipropylene glycol, which is antifreeze, um, propylene glycol, it has fragrance, perfume, disodium EDTA, BHT. Again, I told you we would talk about some of the dangers of BHT. This is one that um, BHT, again, is butylated hydroxytulene. Interestingly enough, this is often used as a food additive. Most commonly, kids' cereal right? Eek. So look at your kid's cereal. And if there's BHT in there, throw the cereal away. But data uh, from studies have shown that animals exposed to B- BHT have developed lung and liver tumors. As well, another study revealed that BHT exposure resulted in thyroid changes and developmental issues. So Again, it's in our deodorant, but it's also in your food source too. Where you say, it's fine. It was approved by the FDA. We eat it all the time. That doesn't make it okay. So look, BHT. Kids cereal is where I have found most the BHT hiding besides deodorants. So change up your deodorants. Um, You can look at a couple more natural deodorants that you can look into. Schmitz has one. Um, they have a line of more natural. There's primal pit paste. There is native deodorant. So those are just a couple. There's tons and tons more. But what you want to do is read over the ingredients. Now, we talked about pits. What about teeth, right? If we're talking about oral health. This is one where we don't necessarily think about your toothpaste being toxic. Now, I could do a whole show on fluoride, but we're just going to keep it short and sweet. We'll talk a little bit more about fluoride, but then the other chemicals that fall in there. Now, fluoride. We have been brainwashed to think that you need fluoride for healthy and strong teeth. Now, again, this can't be a whole fluoride show, prevents against cavities, blah, blah, blah. When... In reality, we have been massively over-fluorinated, fluoridated, fluoridated, massively over-fluoridated. Um, it, fluoride was not meant to be in our drinking water. Fluoride, especially too, I see there is actually teeth molting that is happening now where there is dark streaks that has become more and more common in the recent decades because even when I look at baby water, right? Hey, you're making a baby bottle. Here's some baby water. It has fluoride in it. And you're like, well, goodness. Well, um, 
here's what we don't necessarily recognize when we talk about fluoride. Fluoride is present in the oral mucosa for six hours after brushing teeth. And because of that is likely absorbed into the bloodstream. So this is one, and that's just from brushing your teeth. That's not talking about fluoride that they add back in to your um, drinking water that you're consuming too, giving mixing, right? Oh, we're going to make a Kool-Aid or whatever. And you like mix it with the water. That's fluoridated. Um, But here's the problem. And these are research studies. Kids and teens who ingest high amounts of fluoride also have higher rates of ADHD and ADHD-like symptoms. It can affect your thyroid when ingested, can cause chronic and excess in terms of damage of your kidneys. Fluoride ingested is correlated with lower IQ in children, may disrupt the oral microbiota. Here's interesting too. A federal judge stated in June of 2020 that fluoride posed a quote-unquote neurotoxic hazard during an ongoing lawsuit between the EPA and Fluoride Alert. Did you know? Right, Because there really hasn't been anything to actually determine whether or not fluoride is proven safe enough to be in public water supply. And so this is, again, um, something to reconsider when it comes to that. Um, one thing that two, – two things, I should say, that were great in terms of an alternative. One is hydroxyapatite can work just as well as fluoride. Xylitol has been shown to help with remineralization of the teeth, right? So um, we in our home do not use fluoride. For the kids, we use a xylitol-based. There are two hydroxyapatite toothpaste that you can look at. One is Boca. Another one is Rizwell. I would say you have to be careful with some of the toothpaste that have essential oils in it only because some of those essential oils can actually kill the normal healthy bacteria that's in there now that being said the other thing I looked at is I said hey let's go mainstream and look at Colgate right a well-known and I said I want to know your ingredients and they wouldn't give me individual ingredients which is somewhat annoying but it would give me a list of all of the ingredients that they use BHT remember why we just talked about how the things that BHT cause right um almost all of those and that shouldn't be a surprise the blue streaks with the white and the red streaks with the white or whatever right that looks like jelly they have to they have to put a color in there that's not naturally occurring and so when you look at all of these chemical dyes are coal tar based same thing another one that allows it you know, I think the one of the biggest things that was hard for me when I transitioned to natural toothpaste is I'm like, where's the foam? You know, I'm like, where's the foam? And the problem is, well, the, the reason is, I actually like, this is a good problem once you know why, is that there's not SLS, sodium lauryl sulfate. And they say, oh, sodium lauryl sulfate is just a foaming agent. This is also why when you transition to more natural hair products, shampoos, You'll notice it doesn't foam as well because sodium lauryl sulfate is toxic. Again, the toxicity when they talk about um, possibly carcinogenic to humans, negative effect on kidneys, liver, and central nervous system, according to the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. Right? So I don't want it in there. Another one, too, to touch base quickly on is that we see so oftentimes is nail polish. 
goodness gracious, nail polish. You are beautiful and super, super toxic. Um, when we look at the toxic aspects in terms of uh, DBP, it's actually been banned by uh, in Europe and Australia. It's got a Proposition 65 for California because it's a risk to human reproductive systems, right? And I've just had a little girl and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to paint your nails. I've had two boys waiting for this girl. I can't wait to get your nail polish. I'll give you a solution in a minute. Uh, tooling. Tooling is a huge, huge problem. Uh, tooling is used mostly in nail polish for smoothing and purifying the nail polish. It's also used in removers. Um, it's kind of smells like paint thinner. <laughs> um, but it's actually incredibly harmful. Inhalation, right, can lead to um, death, but in mild phases is more what we get. Tiredness, confusion, weakness, memory loss, nausea, hearing loss, color loss, um, formaldehyde. This is what we embalm dead bodies with, right? The main purpose is to prevent bacteria overgrowth. But again, um, chemicals that get into the bloodstream, remarkably toxic. Camphor is another one. Um, camphor is uh, linked to, again, nausea, dizziness, headaches. For that reason, the use of camphor is limited in the United States. It can only be used at concentrations less than 11% because of its toxic health hazard. It's what gives polish glossy and shiny appearance. Um, parabens, formaldehyde resin, um, so the list goes on and on and on. So what do you do? There are companies that are, they'll say five free, six free, seven free. So for example, what we use in our home is Olive and June. Really, the price point isn't that much. You do have to order it. But they formulate it to be seven free, which means they are free of seven harmful chemicals, which is the DPB, tooling, formaldehyde, formaldehyde resin, camphor, uh, xylene. It's also vegan and cruelty-free, if that is your jam too. Cruelty-free is mine. Vegan, I don't know. So, but that is what we use in our home. And I feel safe using it, right? Now, uh, I don't often do... My nails, only because I tried to do them more recently, and literally it lasts me like a day. So I'm like, this is just not worth my time. But um, if you want to do it, Olive and June is one. They're not the only ones, but again, that's just one that I know for sure is seven free. Now, if you want to be able to have a bit of a resource, ewg.org is a great, great resource. Uh, EWG is Environmental Working Group. And they're a huge proponent. So if you go to ewg.org in the top right, they've also been the creator of a couple different things. Skin Deep Database, Tap Water Database, and EWG Verified. So if you go to Skin Deep, EWG will actually go through um, and you can type in lotions or fragrances, makeup, hair, skin, nail, babies, men, and it'll actually give you, it'll actually give you um, almost like a listing right? Like how toxic is this? So when you look at for skin, for example, you can look at bar soap versus other soap. Makeup, you can look at makeup remover, eyeliner, lip balm, lipstick. And it'll show you from very, uh, one is the best, it's green, 10 is the worst. So you can actually search or look into some of these, like what is verified, what isn't verified, 
Um, you can search the very, very worst to their very best, but it allows you, oh, let's look, see if it's, um, so for example, we can look at Colgate, right? Total whitening, anti-cavity fluoride, and anti-fungus toothpaste. It's a five, right? It's right in the middle. Why? Um, because um, high irritation, organ system toxicity, moderate endocrine disruptor, low in terms of skin absorption, neurotoxicity. So it'll actually show you the different ingredients, right? Nine is the worst in there uh, for the blue. Triclosan, oh, it still is in there. Triclosan is a seven, right? They say, hey, triclosan can do all of these concerns. Uh, sodium fluoride, here are these concerns. Propylene glycol, here are these concerns. Um, sodium lauryl sulfate, they think it's just a one. I don't want it. So it actually breaks down all of the different um, ingredients and chemicals in there. So ewg.org, ewg if you search skin deep, you can actually search and it's just a database for you to be able to see what is a good, better, best option. So hopefully you learned something today. I always appreciate you listening. 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Look forward to next week. Always remember that your power is on.